0: alphabet uh, is going to bring it. She feels like she's got a tongue for us. We're going to just ask her to bring it.
1: I know when I have to do it because I feel all, all hot and have to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ku ku kola kato kolamba hama hala katiato koloko hura tiana handa kalaya hono kolokalaha lekola hama no yonno kulara liato My people I'm calling you to lay down your swords, lay down your shields, for this is the season of the plow, this is the season of the hoe, this is the season of reading my fields for the harvest. You have fought well, you have battled. But this is the season of the harvest. This is the season of sowing and reaping. This is the season of my kingdom coming in power. I'm the God who is the Lord of the battle. I'm the one who wins the victory. And this is the season I want you to lay down your swords. I want you to take the word that I've placed in your hearts, and I want you to speak it forth. I want you to declare it over your workplace, over the schools, over your homes, over your families. For I'm about to do something in this nation that has not been done before. I have moved in power before, but I'm coming in a way that will be the gentle work of my spirit. Touching and transforming hearts. As gently as a seed falls into the soil, so gently will my word begin to sprout and blossom and bring forth its fruit in the lives of men and women, young people, and children. I want to make you those that are the harvesters for my word that is going to bear much fruit. Lay down your swords. And come and walk with me.
0: I'm going to ask you to take your seats and if the muses could kind of do what you're doing now, just like the background vibe. So it's really cool, you know. But if I could have the podium, it would be helpful. <clears throat> Excuse me. How many of you were uncomfortable with that moment that we just experienced? Too nervous to put your hand up, hey? Eh? <laughs> See, that was a supernatural moment. And I think, um, and I find it interesting just in terms of the interpretation that was brought. Um, again, I, I mentioned to the morning congregation how I, 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 I do have a tendency in terms of where my gifting is at is to, is to lean into a space and to, and to address an inconvenient truth, which sometimes does make people uncomfortable. And I felt arrested in my heart. I felt, well, you know, God just saying, listen, I've got things, I've got it. I I know what's happening in the UK. You don't have to come and state the obvious. The people are aware of it as well. And I felt an incredible, can I say, just mercy and and love that was coming from the Father over this nation, which, which if anything you would think, oh my goodness, this is where surely God should breathe fire. And it's not like He is unaware of things and it's not like sin should not ever be punished but there clearly is a season where God is reaching out and you know what it's all through the church it's all happening within his community of people God is giving us this heart for the sinner God's giving us this love for the sinner now that makes sense because God loves sinners and so therefore the church should as well because we reflect the heart of God and it's we're able to love sinners because god's got a plan god is more keen to see them saved than you and i are and we want them saved but you know we're not the messiah jesus is and so all we have to do is just keep ourselves in a place of of, of love keep ourselves in the place of of trust but where is our trust Our trust is directed in god's sovereignty god loves this nation and actually God loves the sinner and it's very difficult when you just think of how much time is given on the different media platforms for these individuals to speak their, what they perceive to be their relative truth. And what you'll find about social media and mainstream media is they might not get the lame to walk but my goodness, did they get the dumb to speak. <clears throat> and I've just been so arrested, I've just been so, and I saw this to be true in France as well perhaps it's just where (laughs) what's going on and there are two types of can I say anointings one is the anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit one is the one that Jesus described when he stood up in the temple after he had been baptized and he had gone into the wilderness and he stands and he says the Spirit of God is upon me because he has and this is the word that's used he's anointed me and that word anointed simply means this he's enabled me He has empowered me. And there is a fresh empowering that's coming into the church in England. A fresh empowering that's coming to the United Kingdom, the body of Christ. And I understand that this evening has been described as an evening where there would be some prophetic impartation. The whole afternoon I've been saying, God, (laughs) just give me something, you know. I'm sitting in the worship here and I'm looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which has to do with what it is that we've just experienced this evening. And a lot of people are afraid of that. And tragically, what has happened is that there's been instruction over decades that in a sense has tried to, if anything, explain and people have come with their particular idea and what's convenient or comfortable for them to believe because this issue of tongues is like you know what and maybe it was for then but it's not for today and yet Christianity 101 just begins with these words Peter stands up after having just received what is described as the infilling of the Holy Spirit and, and he stands up and what does he do he prophesies under this new inspiration of the Holy Spirit but what do they do this is interesting because they began to speak in other tongues it says as the Spirit gave them but it says they were the ones who actually did the speaking I love the Rotherham's translation which says this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 it says it was given to them to be sounding forth so who do you think did the sounding <laughs> it was them. who did the speaking it was them who did the enabling the Holy Spirit and so to even think of a church going into the future without the experience of the infilling of the Holy Spirit does not make consistent sense in biblical New Testament terms and so there's been a pushback the Holy Spirit was for or especially speaking in tongues but when I read the Scripture and I look at Christianity 101 and I look at Peter stands up and he says repent yeah we know that part and be baptized, mean, full immersion. Yeah, yeah, we know that part. And then he says, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, hold on a minute. That's the part we'll leave out because that's when you have to start explaining all this tongues bit, and you have to go back into accept it to and come up with a nice, fine-sounding argument just to, if anything, quieten that down. This is incredible. Because then he says this, he says, and this gift, by the way, this gift, this gift of salvation is accompanied with this gift of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and by the way, this demonstration that you've seen and you thought we were all drunk, hold on a minute, <clears throat> this is that which was spoken in the Old Testament. This is that. This is what Jesus spoke about. When Jesus said on the last day of the feast, he stood up, of all places to speak, Jesus, you could imagine the disciples saying, oh, no, there he goes again, cheapest. This is the wrong time, Jesus. He actually says this, if you're thirsty. And then he describes himself as the individual who's going to fulfill that thirst. And he talks about the Holy Spirit. And if you've got a Bible, the Bible will actually tell you in brackets, every translation includes this little section where it says, Oh, by the way, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit that was yet to come and that they were to receive. And so then you begin to see how the language begins to change. And when Jesus speaks about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, or He speaks about the person of the Holy Spirit, He speaks about it being within us, out of our innermost being. And so, of course, we don't have a problem. I mean, you read through the Scriptures, and everyone knows that we're a tripartite being. In other words, we have a body, which is what we're all seeing here. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, our intellect. <clears throat> but then our spirit, that's the part of us that gets born again. That's the part of us that gets redeemed. That's the part of us that comes into relationship with God. That's the part that actually suddenly where it's deep calling to deep. And then you look at the scriptures and you just start to follow the trend and see how powerful this moment is for the church. Because then it speaks about how the church began to embrace values of devotion to teachings that the apostles gave. It talks about a devotion to fellowship. It talks about a devotion to the breaking of bread. And also talks about the devotion to prayer. And I find that in this text that I'm about to look at, there is Paul who says this about speaking in tongues. He says, oh, by the way, just for this Corinthian church, just let me help you. I speak in tongues more than you all. Oh, there's a little bit of a boast but he says it only after he has given us a beautiful instruction and teaching about what's just happened and also what happened to the disciples in Acts chapter 2 because you know when they spoke in tongues there were people that had come from other nations and they said oh how come they speak in an our lingo that we, we, we understand what they they're saying we shouldn't be surprised because Paul when he gives instruction this is what he says he says oh by the way though I speak with the tongues of men which happened then because everyone understood what it was that they were saying so it's easy to say oh okay that's the little part that Paul was addressing when he said though I speak with the tongues of men he says this though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels Oh, hello. Oh, so that means actually that you and i when we receive this infilling of the holy spirit not only is it possible then that people might recognize and identify gee that's strange understand what he's saying where did you learn that language no i've never learned it before because they'd never learned the languages other than the dialect that they knew which either was aramaic or hebrew maybe some of them even spoke greek but in terms of the worship expression that was coming in that moment was one that people recognized and acknowledged and so as we go through the scriptures and you begin to see oh well and paul says this he says you know but listen you can have all of that but oh my goodness if you don't have love then you just a sounding brass and clanging cymbal okay i get it i get it so that doesn't make me extra special it doesn't make me a better christian it just gives me an endowment. It just, he says, there's a gift, Ashley. So how much of it do you want? Do you want all of it? Do you want some of it? Jesus, when he's walking through the town, there's some blind men. They're blind. Everyone knows they're blind. And Jesus goes to them and says, what can I do for you? Oh, clearly, Jesus, it's obvious, man. They want healing. They want sight. Jesus wanted to know that actually was gonna come from them. Yes, I want healing. And they could have said, you know what? We just want money. You know what, we just wanna be put into a home where they can look after us. So you wanted to identify their need first of all, what is it that I'm gonna give you? And it's the same with the baptism in the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You've got choice here. Yeah? You can step back and say, mm, not comfortable. Maybe one day I'd rather you be saying that than not, not for me. And so truth comes. Kind of, There's always a progression of truth. Sometimes there is a dollop of truth that just drops in your heart and you realize, wow, that's great. But in a sense, sometimes we grow into a revelation and an understanding and we begin to mature. That's what maturity is. It's going through the phases of Christian life. So when we come to this particular text, which is right here in the New Testament, written, the instruction is given to a very exuberant church. This is a church that loved just getting together in a demonstration of God's power and yet Paul sees all of this and he says well you know what if this carries on and I don't put the banks in place and that's what the instruction is here the banks come into place then all of what's going on here is just going to fall to the ground it's going to dissipate because that's what happens when a river flows and there are no banks it just spreads out and becomes a marsh and you know who lives in a marsh (laughs) crocodiles and hippos and mosquitoes and all the nasty things you don't want to be caught in the marsh. You want to stay in the center of the river of God. And so it starts off, and he writes, and he says, follow after love. Paul, yeah, I'm going to tick that one. Yes. And desire spiritual gifts. Oh, okay, what are the spiritual gifts, Paul? Then he, he kind of sends us back to 1 Corinthians 12, just going back two chapters earlier, where you hear about the spiritual gifts. And it's actually meant for us as the church. So as we go into this future that the United Kingdom has, God's simply saying, well, I'm going to equip the church. You see, we can't just be, you know, right now, I'm, I'm fascinated. Nadia and I love music. And if I can watch a music documentary, I'll watch it. We love people that are incredibly gifted. And so we've been catching snippets of Glastonbury. Now, I understand it's a decadent place. I mean, some of it is repulsive. But my goodness, there is some. there are artists that, you know, the devil's created nothing. So he'll take a good gift and he'll spoil it and pervert it. But some people have a gift, and they just use it, obviously, just to, you know, um, could be a profession for them. But that gift came from God. Years ago, I got a, a vision of the church that I now lead. And it was as if I was the captain on the ship. And there was a, an inspector from one of the Navy ad, ad, admirals. Admirals. And so we prepared this battleship for for an inspection. The helicopter landed. I went out to greet who it was. It was Jesus. And I said to him, well, come, where would you like to start? He said, let's go to the stern, which is the back of the ship. And I walked with him to the back of the ship, and on the way I began to make excuses. I said, look, Jesus, you know what, maybe this isn't a good place for us to start. Um, you know, I'm a little bit, I, I'm aware of what's going on here, but you know what, it's, and he got there and he looked out over there. And here were all of these people that should have been on the ship. Should have been there. They were there, but then they decided, no, you know, oh, there's another ship going past and it looks a little more like there's a little more entertainment on that. And so they'd got into whatever it was that could float them and they were paddling across to get there. Then there were others who were just enjoying the wake and they were surfing in the wake and they were just having a lot of fun. And Jesus began to point them out. And he said, you see that person over there? I gave him the gift of music and look at him he's just entertaining the crowds and then he said you see that individual I, I, I put a business anointing on him and look what he's doing he's just living for himself right now you see that individual over there i actually called them into kids ministry and look at them right now just ignoring it and thinking that they're having fun and he began to identify these people and he said they've made a choice but come let's have a look And we turned our back on these individuals. It was not like he wasn't aware of their existence. It was just a case of they made a choice. And tragically for me, there's a lot of people who don't want to get on the battleship. (laughs) They don't want to get on the ship that's going somewhere. On the contrary, they just were at my convenience. That's when I'll hitch a ride. You know, if you're going, you know, it's like you get a passenger cruiser and then you get a battleship. Passenger cruiser, the passengers determine where you're going. You get told where the destination is. That's not true for a battleship at all. And so I look at this and I see what Paul's doing is he's just saying spiritual gifts, that's for the church. Spiritual gifts, come on now. And so this clearly seems to be from the prophetic explanation, interpretation. All right, it's not a translation. So it's not word for word. It's an interpretation. It's picking up the gist of what was being said. And so that comes across. And in it, what I'm hearing is that, again, the endorsement of what I felt this morning, God loves this nation. And this is a season of plowing, this is a season of plowing I'm thinking back to when we were in Milan a couple of years ago I was out and I was looking over the fields that had just been plowed and in the distance I saw these big construction cranes and I felt God say season of plowing and then there's a building I come in here and that word that was just given to this congregation God is endorsing and he's saying that not only in Italy but he's saying that in the UK he's saying yes there is a season of plowing silent I heard this thing I heard the seed silently falls into the ground which is true and then you know what? God takes over from there. Put a seed in the ground, God takes over. It's out of your hands. And God's got it. God's got it. I hear this. God's got it. You as a congregation and as a church in this city and as a church in this nation, you're going to rub your eyes in disbelief when you see evil begin to trip up on itself. When you begin to see evil just begin to sink in the hole that it creates. And all of what it is, this great big wall that we seem to be up against, watch. Watch. God just blows it over and it's the church. A wonderful gift that we have as believers. A wonderful gift is a relationship with God. Wonderful gift. Wonderful gift. And this baptism and the Holy Spirit is given to us. It's given to us. I'm amazed, you know, I was reading that text where it speaks about the angels and then it speaks about us and it says, man has been made lower than the angels. I suppose I don't worry about that because yeah, sure, angels, they're more powerful. They can do more than us. They're cleverer than us. An angel. And I just thought, well, God, why did you create something less to live in this world of evil? Surely you need something like the angels here because fire meets fire, you know. They can take the devil on. There's plenty of passages of scripture that speak about the archangels. You know, Michael going head to head with the prince of Persia, which was a demon spirit. Lucifer was a fallen angel. So surely you want angels, you know? You know, what comes back is, well, actually, I just want to show the devil that I'm going to use the inferior to overcome him. So in our mortality, is that going to happen? Not at all. But when we are filled with the spirit of God and when Paul gives instruction and he says, you know what? <laughs> My body is the temple, the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. Oh my goodness. It kind of does put me in a different world where truly we can say, you know, it says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Jesus is in the wilderness and when he he resists the devil, you know what it says? The devil left him, left him, left him. You want to see the devil leave? You just do what God's calling us to do, is live out and live in. That river of God, let's personify it and say let's live in the demonstration of God's power and the person of his being, the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts. Then he says this, he says, rather prophesy. All right, okay. Well, that didn't happen here. So we've got the rather factor here that we should prophesy. And it says, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue, listen to this, speaks not unto men and the reason for that is none of you actually understood what was going on here I certainly didn't and the Bible tells me that I'm not gonna understand because he that speaks he's not doesn't speak to men but he speaks to God oh thank you Paul because now you're giving us the full explanation he says for no man understands him how be it in the spirit in other words in the holy spirit which we want to have in our meetings he speaks mysteries in other words divine secrets so that was a divine secret god was revealing to us in a supernatural way through the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation tongues which actually have to be together they have to be friends they actually have to operate together In fact the bible goes on and you're going to see it in a moment where it says that if you give a tongue in this context how you doing getting tired (laughs) it's so cool having the vibe there Um, so if you give a tongue in this context we're going to see it says actually he who gives the tongue should actually also trust for the interpretation I love this because it's just so clear the way Paul writes it, he says but he that prophesies, in other words a prophecy is a tongue that is known, it's a dialect that is common speaks unto men in other words if there was a prophecy and I'm sure you've had lots of prophecy in the church, no one needs to explain it because everyone understands it and so that's what Paul is saying and it's when you prophesy here in verse 3 it says you not only speak to men but you're also there to edify them and exhort them and comfort them to carry on here it says he that speaks in an unknown tongue listen to this edifies himself i want to stop there because there's like a semicolon in the verse here i think what we need to do is not ignore what the holy spirit what paul is writing under the inspiration of the holy spirit he's telling us something about what tongues actually is and he's telling us the benefit of tongues to us as an individual he says it Edifies you. So, the same word that has been used in edifying that comes through prophecy is now being used when I speak in tongues. But there's a, there's a, there's, there's got to be a difference here, Paul. And he's saying, yeah, there is. There is. So, what happens is the Holy Spirit is going to impart or is going to fill us with Himself. And with it comes this ability to speak in tongues. God understands we've just been told that there's a mystery that God understands we speak these divine secrets I love that and so what happens is I'm sitting here with with this gift of tongues but it seems like in the context of a church gathering you will have a moment like this where someone feels that they have a message to communicate to the congregation now that's a little different to the tongues that Paul writes about When he says, what is it then, I will sing with tongues or I will pray in tongues? And he says, oh, and I will also pray in the understanding You see, so therefore, when I'm speaking in tongues in my prayer time, it's different. When I'm speaking in tongues in my prayer time, what am I doing? I'm doing what we've just been told prophecy does to the whole church. It edifies me. What does edification mean? Well, it means the same thing that prophecy does. It brings comfort to me. It brings an enabling to me. It helps me to pray into a situation that I know nothing about. You'll hear people often say, gee, I just felt burdened. It's the weight, and God would call us into that space where we have to just come before him and say, what is the weight? And so I'll begin to pray in English, and pretty soon I've exhausted my vocabulary. I've got to, because it's limited, but then what I'll do is I'll begin to pray in tongues, and I suddenly discover, oh my goodness, there's no limitation on tongues. It's a whole faith expression, and so I can pray not only for five minutes, not only for 10 minutes, not only for half an hour, not only for an hour. I can pray the whole night in tongues. That's a gift to the church that's powerful and so let's carry on it says then um, it says here that speaketh and edifies himself he says I would that you all spoke in tongues well hold on a minute Paul you know what now you're getting into a little bit of false doctrine because you know I was listening to someone and they were saying that tongues isn't for us well according to a man who wrote two-thirds of the scriptures he's actually telling us that his desire is that we all speak in tongues And then he says, but in a context like this, I would rather that you prophesy. And you're sitting there saying, yeah. Well, haven't you spoken yourself into a hole? I'll read the whole text. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues. Oh, the the contradiction right there. Well, let's finish the text. Because people will do that. They'll stop right there. But that's not the finish of the sentence, not even a full stop, it's a comma. And you have this word accept. <laughs> oh, except he interpret. Oh. So what we've just had here is a fulfillment of that particular verse. Because there was an interpretation, and so therefore we could understand what it was that the Holy Spirit was saying to us as a congregation. Because you've got that accept factor there. So it's equal a prophecy that is spoken in the life of the church. There is an instruction that comes with it. We all understand it. And so therefore we all edify it. But he's saying, okay, so let's have a look at tongues. I'd rather that you prophesy, but you know, hold on a minute. If there is a moment like that, which we've just had right now in the church, then I would say, let that person interpret. With the exception that someone sitting in the front row here has the gift of interpretation. And so we were able to say, well, Okay, great. We can now rejoice over the content of what it was that was spoken. Isn't it now, brethren, when I come speaking in tongues, what shall I profit you? For the reason that I think I've just explained, no one's going to understand it. He says, Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. He's saying, Listen, if I come, I'm not going to stand here and speak in tongues. That's for my quiet time, that's in my bedroom closet. He says, when I come here, I'm going to give you doctrine, I'm going to give you revelation, but you can going to understand it because I'm going to speak it with a tongue that you understand. He says, and even things without life-giving sound, and he goes on to describe, and he uses an illustration of musical instruments. And then it says, so likewise, except you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how shall it be known who is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. So if there was no interpretation, this would have just been a to a degree a wasted moment just making everyone feel uncomfortable saying she I hope there's someone here with an interpretation and the lady goes back and she sits down and thinks to herself gee did I miss it you know <laughs> then it goes on and it says there are it may be many kind of voices in the world therefore I know not the meaning of the voice I'll be like a barbarian he says even so for as much as you're zealous of spiritual gifts seek that you may excel in edifying the church so this church clearly came out and it was just, wow, all over the place. People, it was—it just seemed to be a cacophony of sound and noise and all the gifts were just, it was an, an element of no control. And so he was just saying, you guys are behaving like barbarians, but I love what's coming. He says, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. Oh, okay. So that's the part you were speaking about that when I speak in tongues, I speak to God. Yes. So... I'm able to go away and i'm able to get into my closet and i'm able to pray all right i'll tell you a real experience for me i did mention this morning my home life was very very challenging dysfunctional family when i got born again i was too stupid to resist any of what it is that i'm telling you here and when they said I needed to get baptized, I said, pick me, I wanna get baptized. When they said, you need to get full of the Spirit, I said, me, I wanna get full of the Spirit. And as a result of that, just my simple faith, I remember just getting into a place of aligning with God, simple passion. I was the, the first love that is described. I mean, I was enthusiastic. I'd, I'd hitchhike to church. I would do everything I could. I'd wake up early because I'd been filled of the Spirit with the evidence, with the evidence of speaking in you know, other tongues at the age of 16. And I remember going to my bedroom and locking the door and praying into my pillow and just praying in tongues. My dad would come to the door and he would hear this groaning and this mumbling in the room and say, hey, what's going on in there? And I just thought, oh, hey, dad, I'm praying. He didn't like that, if you see. And then one day I just opened up my cupboard and I had a look at it because I remember the scripture about praying in the closet. And I saw a little set of drawers tucked away and there was this bar that coat hangers were hanging on. And I stepped into it and I closed the cupboard door, took my shirt off and prayed in my cupboard where no one could hear me. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying that given my circumstances, it was the best place for me to pray. But that closet experience is just find a place where you're on your own. And so what I'm hearing him saying is, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. okay. So when I pray with the understanding, my mind knows what I'm praying. I'm clearly praying in English or in a dialect that I understand. But he says, uh, I will pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Okay, so there's two expressions of my worship. One is going to be in tongues, and the other one is going to be in the understanding. As I unpack this, hopefully something begins to sink in and whatever mist there was is beginning to clear. Because this is not wrong, what we have just experienced, what it needed, was simply just to see that, actually, I want to go to a church where I'm going to see the gifts of the Spirit being made manifest in the meeting, where something supernatural happens. It says, else, When you shall bless the Spirit, how shall he occupy the room of the unlearned man, saying, At the giving of thanks? seeing he understands not what has been said talking about just the gift being spoken without the translation or the interpretation I thank my God he says (laughs) I speak in tongues more than you all yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding for reasons that I've explained that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue that God has given to me he says brethren don't be children and you understand and I want you to mature and he says in the law it gives a particular description of what's going on and he says therefore tongues listen to this now he says listen tongues what we just saw is a sign not to us who believe it's a sign to them who don't believe so if there is any instruction into a congregational setting like this if there are any people who don't know Jesus, let me tell you, that is gonna spook them out big time because it's gonna be a sign to them. How many of you, when the first time you heard tongues, you thought, what is this? I remember going to a church. I got saved on the Friday night. That Sunday night, I'm in church. A mate of mine who discipled me at school, he said, hey, come, come, come. You gotta come to my church. And I go to church and someone stands up next to me and does what we saw now. I, I, I was petrified because I wasn't, really in the space. So it's science, supernatural. We can't ignore this, we can't exclude this from the future, from the tomorrows of what it is that we're gonna be. Our Sundays, we can't exclude this. We've gotta realize you're gonna have unsafe people that are gonna come into the meeting. And remember, when this happens, it's a sign for them. We don't need it, actually. This is what Paul writes and he says. He says, if we all understand what's going on here, not really a sign to us because we understand that the Bible speaks about tongues and interpretation and we know that this is what's happening and so there would be and should be an expectation well the person who's bringing the tongue actually trusts God for the interpretation but if there are people in the congregation of the gift of interpretation well then that's fine we're all going to be encouraged but I want to tell you that unsafe person is going to be thinking what is happening here and you need that to happen If we don't have a supernatural church going into the future, we're just going to be doing the same old, same old, same old, expecting different results, and it's never going to happen when God says, no, 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 I've given you the Holy Spirit. And that, when there's a demonstration and an expression of His power through the church, oh my goodness, people are going to come. They're going to come. It says, therefore, but prophecy serves not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So in other words, just prophecy on its own, which brings a word of edification, is what the Bible says, doesn't impact them as much as tongues and interpretation. Don't push back on this incredible, incredible moment that we had this evening. It says, wherefore tongues, I carry on, it says, if therefore the whole church be come together and all speak in tongues, And there are those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say, jeepers, this is is crazy. Only when there's an interpretation, they'll hold back and say, oh, just connect me to what went on there. But if everyone is just doing their thing, well, of course it doesn't make any sense. And so I love the way Paul just gives the instruction. And this is it. He says, The secrets of his heart are made manifest and they fall down on their face and they worship God and report that God is in you in truth. Why have we just pushed this aside? Why have we taken erasers and just delete, delete, delete? We can't have, no, no, no. When in actual fact, Paul's saying, no, this is a good thing. This is for those who don't know Christ. Let them come in and experience the supernatural because in fact, the secrets of their heart are gonna be revealed when you've got that combination of tongues and interpretation. Come on, church. God's equipping us. God's preparing us. He's pruned us. We all went through COVID. It was sore, it was painful. Maybe we're still experiencing some of what's leftovers of that, but right now there's a plowing because God's got this. He's declaring over the church and the nation, "Say, I got this. I got this. Spoke this morning about the word in Hebrew. The word evil in Hebrew is the word spoil. The devil would love to come and spoil us. He'd love to come and spoil all of this the church is doing. But God just says, you know what? He's my adversary, but don't worry greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world so I share this with you just encouraging you as a church not to push back on what God is wanting to do and I'm so thrilled that we were able to witness what it was that we saw and as much as I'm told from Helen that this happens often in the life of this church that's good you need a demonstration of the supernatural because you want the unsaved to get saved you want the prodigals to come back in. Prodigal should recognize this if he's been taught correctly. But my goodness, this particular passage is there for the New Testament church today. And it shouldn't be here trying to just rub passages out and kind of just say, oh, well, no, let's look at it. Let's see what it's saying. Let's trust it. Let's have a demonstration of it in the scriptures. Let you become comfortable with it. In fact, if you bring an unsaved person and something like what we just saw happens, it gives you opportunity to go home and say, hey, listen, you want to talk about what you saw in church, and you're able to at least give them some instruction and just help them. You might not need to, because they might have been here, and suddenly, as the Scripture says, it's a sign to them in their hearts. I love that Scripture. Where did it say that? It says, uh, um, anyway, you know that thing about they fall on their face, because the secrets of their heart has been revealed. The gifts are so needed for the church today. So needed. So needed. So I'm going to ask you all to stand. It's not quite how I think you wanted the evening to go. But I'm asking you all to stand because God doesn't want to exclude any of you, any of you. The gospel is an amazing message of love for everyone. When you come into the gospel, it's like every promise is there for us to enjoy. And my heart's cry is that there would not be a pushback on what God wants to do. But on the contrary, allow that river to flow. It might start as little raindrops, trickles that come from the canopy that is above you. But oh my goodness, there will be a time where there will be a gushing and a rushing. And there will be just an excitement as people want to come to church because they're going to see supernatural things. But it does take alignment of heart. It does take choice. It does say, God, you know what? I'm going to surrender to your rule throughout the bible from beginning to end what we discover is the word kingdom 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 which simply implies that there is the rule of god and i'm here to tell you that god is not finished with the united kingdom i'm here to say to you that there is a great outpouring that's on the fringe of explosion so go ahead and plow go ahead and sow Go ahead, because God gives the increase. God gives the increase. And the increase is simply a dynamic of those churches that welcome His presence, that welcome the gift. There's enough governance in this church to instruct those that get out of line. It's going to be the Pauls that would come. Not only that, you've got eldership that will say, you know know what, God is dealing with that individual. I know that person. What's happening there is real. That's what we want to see. Father, would you just give to this church as it loves worship. Father, would you give to this church blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Would you open up the heavens over it? God, and there are people here that were stirred. Yeah, some of them were a little bit nervous about what what happened a moment ago. But now that they've seen that, yeah, it's in the Word. It's in the Word. Let there be a fire that started within them. And Father, for those who haven't been filled with the Spirit, we ask, O God, that you would just meet them meet them father where they are i pray for this in jesus name amen you may be seated i'm going to give the microphone back i just want to give a story my first job uh i had a six month wait before i at the time south africans were involved in a a a war situation in, in angola and um we had to do national service which was a two-year stint in my day and so for six months I I just found a job there was a lady that lived in the same block of apartments that we were in and and she had some authority in one of the local hospitals and uh, she got me a job just in as administrator assistant working in the stores for that six-month period and uh, two of us started on the same day. It was a vicar son, a young guy who, whose dad was a vicar in the Anglican church uh, in one of the suburbs in Durban. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I said to him, oh, that's interesting. I don't know how we got onto the subject. Clearly, we must have been talking about Christianity or whatever. And, and then um, <clears throat> I said to him, so, so, mate, are you full to the Spirit? And he said, no. He says, um, but uh, tell me about it. I don't mind it, you know. I said to him, fine, lunchtime comes, I'll sit with you. And I just took him through scriptures. All I did was just show him what the Bible says about being filled with God's Spirit and speaking in other tongues. And he said, wow. He says, so, so can this happen just to me? I said, yeah, sure, go home. Kneel by your bedside and pray. Well, that evening I got a phone call from him. I get this quivering voice on the phone. He says, hey, he says, hey you're not gonna believe it. I went up into my dad's study and closed the door and, he said, "I just, I just knelt down next to the couch, and and all I did was just pray one prayer, fill me with the Spirit." He said, and all of a sudden, I was just the, he said, that was like fire. It just started tingling, and he said, I felt this thing in my, and and he says, it happened, it happened, it happened. And I was equally amazed. I thought, oh, well, that's great. Well, I shouldn't have been. I told him it's going to happen. He came to work the next day. He said, it's just incredible. He said, wow, man. He said, man, all I wanted to do was just speak in tongues, just keep speaking in tongues. <clears throat> And it's a gift that God has given to us. And some have made a deliberate choice not to step into it. You see, when the disciples spoke, it needed faith. The Holy Spirit didn't come and wiggle their tongues of thing. No, it came from their inner being. But they had to open their mouth. They had to be the ones who were sounding forth. And so for some people, praying as an individual at home, it works. You're not self-conscious of anyone. You don't feel the pressure, well, I have to. No, 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 no. God's Word, He'll fulfill His Word. He'll have to shake you and push you over. I've seen people fall over, and I think to myself, wow. There must have been an encounter. They get up and there's no change. And clearly it wasn't God. They felt the pressure. They just felt they had to fall over. And I'm sure if God's power comes upon you, it's going to be difficult to stand, but then it needs to be real. And so a lot of people, I think, fall away because there's a lot of that happening, and there's a lot of unrealness. And then it happens to them, and they're like, I've got to fall, when in actual fact, no, no, no. If it's real, and you don't feel that you can stand, well then of course, because you're encountering God, so actually you need to know something is gonna be different, it's gonna be supernatural. So I wanna challenge you. How many of you would like to speak with other tongues? Would like to embrace the gift that comes of the Holy Spirit? You don't have to put your hand up. You know the answer to that. And I'm gonna challenge you because I love the way God deals with me as an individual. He loves it when I press in with him and I say, God, this is what your word says. I'm here, just you and I, I'm trusting you. I love that. Because then I walk out and I know it's real. I know I had an encounter with God. I know he speaks to me. And I share this, but like Paul, I can identify with what he says, where he says, that's all he does is speak in tongues. My prayer life, I hardly ever, ever, ever pray in English, except when I'm in a congregation like this, or except where I'm with other people and I'm praying for them, then of course I'll pray in English. But in my own personal prayer time, I wanna say I never pray in English. I always pray in tongues. And so this is a gift, folk. This is a gift, it's real for me. God wants to make it real for you. So my challenge is, hey, Get a hold of the Word of God. Go before God with a humble heart and say, I want all of this, not just the section of it, not just the repentance, not just the baptism. I want the infilling of the Holy Spirit together with this evidence that you gave to the early church. Is that good? (laughs) Bless you guys.